I'm Sarah Resnick. And I'm LaShawn Moore. And we are the hosts of the Weave Podcast, a project of the weaving yarn shop, Gist Yarn and Fiber. Hi, everyone. This week on the podcast, I'm talking to Amy McKnight. Amy is a North Carolina-based fiber artist and weaver, and she and I first talked for episode 55 of this podcast. So if you haven't listened to that one yet, you should go back and listen to it first. When I found out about Amy's most recent project traveling around her county to teach weaving and create a public community art project about the threads that bind her community together, I knew I wanted to have her back on the podcast again to talk about this process. Thank you so much for coming back on the podcast, Amy. Welcome. Hey, Sarah. Thank you so much. It was really great talking with you before, and I appreciate you inviting me back. All right. Well, we have lots of new things to talk about with the new project you're working on. But first, for those who didn't hear our first episode together or who are not familiar with your work, can you start out by introducing yourself and your journey to becoming a weaver and a textile artist? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, definitely. Um, Great. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here's the short version. Um, I've always loved fiber arts. Uh, I'm going to give you the short version because, as you know, I am a talkative person, but there's so much we want to cover. But anyway, I've always I've always enjoyed fiber arts, you know, ever since I was a little girl. Um, like many of us, I found weaving when I was in elementary school via the, the potholder looms. Um, it's, you know, the, the little ones that I think we all make in, I don't know, kindergarten or what. But anyway, after I did that for a while, I branched out and I had made some handmade looms. Um, you know, I went down the, the cardboard route and, um, but then I did nails and wood and I've done all sorts of things. And that's kind of sort of where I have been for most of my adult life. And I've been able to do a whole lot of things on simple frame looms. Um, let's see, I've, you know, made art on um, looms, like fiber art pieces. And I've also done things like make plastic sleeping mats out of old grocery bags for homeless people who live outside. Some people live outside by choice. Some people live outside because, um, you know, they don't have any place else to go and um, I was able to network with a organization that helps those people who do live outside who can't get into a shelter and um, we spent a whole lot of time I've spent a whole lot of time making lots and lots of mats out of grocery bags on simple frame looms so that's kind of sort of how I got started but a couple of years ago I was introduced to rigid heddle looms and I'll be honest with you I I didn't really pay too much attention Um, and then I asked for and received a semi-mechanical loom as a present, and I didn't like it as much as I thought I was going to, um, which made me want something more um, useful, I guess. And I had watched some rigid heddle weaving videos and stuff like that. And so anyway, I ended up getting an Ashford samplet loom, and um, yeah, the rest is, I guess, history. I kind of jumped in, and um, that's what I've been doing for... I guess the better part of this last year or so. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. And you recently created a participatory weaving project called The Fabric of Our Community. And I'm wondering if you can explain what that is and why you decided to start it. Sure, sure. Okay, so I guess the reason why I kind of went off on a little bit of a tangent about the plastic bag mats is that I... 
I, I was doing a whole lot with the simple frame looms. When I talk simple frame looms, I'm talking about like pieces of wood with nails on the top and the bottom, like the, your basic tapestry beginner's loom. Um, and so when I wanted to make those those mats, I was going to invest in like some commercially made um, looms, but then I was thinking for what I wanted to do, that would get expensive really quick. And since it was like totally volunteer and we're using reusable stuff, we went with these big frame looms. They were like three feet wide by about 18 to 24 inches tall. And um, we wove the mat in segments. And so anyway, I'm, I'm coming. <laughs> there is there's, there's an answer at the end of this, this story. But anyway, so... I we were making the yarn out of like the plastic grocery bags and making plarn, but not the plarn that you're used to seeing on YouTube. We're talking pretty much just cut the handles off, cut the seam off, and loop the bags together, kind of like you would loop um, potholder things together. And so this really, really thick um, yarn. And so I started doing it, and then a couple of my friends started doing it with me, and then a couple of more people started doing it, and after a while, we were do it was like a dozen or so people were coming once a week um to the upstairs of where you know I work and it was like it was wild because it started with just a few people and then when it got so much that everybody couldn't fit then other people took what they'd learned and they started to make their own groups and they were doing it, you know, wherever it was convenient for them. But it was it was like a really amazing experience because the people loved getting together. And I think at the at the height of it, we were meeting weekly on Thursday, I think. And it was just a really diverse group of people. We had old people, <laughs> older people. We had high school students. We had people from um, that were really well off. We had people who were just the side of homeless. We had, um, you know, teachers, people with doctorates. We had people who were, um, you know, struggling to read and even said that they, you know, couldn't read or, or whatnot. Catholics, Mormons, evangelicals, Adventists, atheists, spiritual people, and people, you know, who weren't really into anything you know they were all there we were all there together happy and weaving and doing this together I mean it was it was it was a mission of doing something good in the world and it was really beautiful and um when it ended up what happened was is that we just didn't have that space anymore and so we kind of disbanded but not really because people went on and it grew and it got bigger than what I even could have begun to you know, imagine where it would have gone. But, um, you know, that was that. And so fast forward earlier this year, um, I have no clue what was happening. Something happened. I don't know what it was. But um, I found myself at work and I was ugly crying. I mean, you know, which is not okay because mm-hmm. I <laughs> I have a front-facing business. Like I am the receptionist. I'm the first person you see. You cannot, you know, you don't want to come into a business and see someone snotty nose up at the front of their of a business, but I was I was really upset about whatever it was and I can't even remember what it was now, but I felt so sad. I was really discouraged. I felt like powerless and hopeless and I, I, I just felt like there was nothing I could do. And then it was just so weird that I got this idea. And I, I realized now that I didn't even think so much about what I had done before with the mask. I just thought it was just like, you know, um, okay, it's not like the um, the field of dreams, you know, where you can go, go build, a, build a you know baseball field or anything like that. But it was this thought of 
you know, I need to take my looms and I need to do some, you know, we need to weave, you know, people need to get together and weave. And I, it was around the time I had just gotten another loom. And so I had, I think I had at least two at the time. And so I figured that I could get a couple of more looms or at least another loom. And, you know, I, I, I figured this, I felt like this was something I really need to do. And so I had already seen how weaving, like when a person has a common cause, it could bring diverse people together. And I thought that maybe somehow, I didn't, didn't quite know how, but if I did something with weaving again, that maybe that could be my, you know, tiny contribution to um, helping myself feel better and helping other people feel better and so pretty much I just started telling people about it I just started talking you I I'm sure you can imagine that I am a a relatively talkative person like when I get something in my mind I I'm going to talk about it but um I would tell people and then they would just kind of like get this look in their eye and as I explained that I wanted to give people the opportunity to come together and possibly learn something new and then I would tell them, I want people to come together and I want them to share the answer to the question, what are your hopes and dreams for yourself, your family, and your community? It was like, like it touched something in people. And I could see like people's faces soften or even if they didn't quite get the weaving part when they heard that part it was like they would get this dreamy look and I mean I honestly had a couple of people even tear up a little bit um Hmm. I think it was around I don't know what time it was but I think it was it was around sometime when everybody was a little bit raw and so it was just I felt so I felt compelled it's like yeah this has to be done so you know I just kept talking to people until I figured out what I had to do and how what had to be, you know, what logistically I needed to do in order to make it a reality. And so, yeah, that's kind of sort of, <laughs> that's kind of sort of how this all came about from one thing many years ago that, um, you know, kind of gave me the idea that weaving the, the, the act of weaving in and of itself could bring people together. And then I guess my own personal bout with, um, you know, I'm I'm not a I'm I'm not a particularly depressed person. Very rarely I try to be I try to and generally am a really upbeat person, but um but yeah, I I didn't want to be in, engulfed by, you know, whatever it was that was was making me ugly cry at work. So this was my way to um to do something for myself and to help other people. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so when did you start and how's it going? I believe you're in the middle of it right now. Yes. Tell me some more about it. I am on the, I'm on the downward hill. So it was like an uphill and I hit the middle. And last week was the first week of my, of the second half of what I'm going to be doing. So, um, I'm basically so I'm from Lexington. I'm from I'm from North Carolina. Um, if you're not if you're not looking at the show notes, you, you'll I'm going to tell you I'm from North Carolina, and so I live in Davidson County, North Carolina. It was kind of funny when I posted it, this in a rigid hello group. I I I think I should have maybe said it a couple of more times because I think people thought I was going around the country, which would have been kind of cool. Um, I, I, I don't know if my husband would have let me off of work to travel the country to weave. But um, but I live in Davidson County, North Carolina, and um, it is about 500 square miles. So I, I work full time. I, I, I work about a 40 plus hour a week. 
And so the only days that I have free are Friday afternoons. And um, so I just had to find places that I could go on Fridays. And so what it worked out was that the libraries, after talking to a whole bunch of people, I um, talked to one gentleman. And I didn't even know this when I was talking to him, but he was... He's a, a a renowned businessman here in, in Lexington, and um, he had come into our business to um, get some work done. And as I was telling everyone, I told him, and he said, you know, you should go to the libraries, and um, you need to talk to Sheila Killebrew. And she was, um, in addition to being the editor, of, the wife of the editor of our local newspaper, she was over all the libraries in Davidson County. And so he, he, he left out the shop and he came back and he, no, he left out the shop and I didn't realize it, but he was on the phone calling her, pretty much telling her all about my project. And, um, he gave me a really warm opening to call her. And, but, and when I called her, which was, um, you know, a little bit later, she was already excited about it. And she contacted all of the librarians at the five libraries in Davidson County and kind of gave me an opening to them. And it was pretty great because we got 100% participation. I mean, they all, they didn't have to do this, but they all decided that they were willing to do this, which made it pretty amazing. So um, the libraries, they are the main places that I'm going, but I'm also going, have gone to um, uh, an organization. I'll talk a little bit more about that later. Just a nonprofit that, um, promotes something I, I'm a board member and I, I really believe in what they're doing so I wanted to go there just to raise awareness about what they were doing in the community and um, you know uh, we're going to be we're going to end up at my where at my shop because that's where I weave a lot and a lot of my a lot of our customers have been supporting me and encouraging me in this project but um, we started out at the Davidson County Historical Museum and um you know, it was it was pretty amazing. We had a lot of volunteers, some of my friends from church, um, you know, other people that just learned about it, and it was it was pretty cool. Um, and so after I left the museum, I went to Denton, North Carolina, which is in the south of Davidson County, and then next I went to Thomasville, which is kind of like um, like thirty minutes away from Denton. It wasn't the same day, but it was you know a different part of the county. And then after that, I went to Davidson County Community Action, which is what I was just talking about. Um, they do a lot to help people get out of poverty and help them get jobs and um, further their education so that they can improve their life. And so I felt, you know, I really wanted to just go there um, because that is a part, you know, organizations, um, people that do those type of things. That is about, you know, helping our community because if we don't help the least of these, if we don't help the people that are struggling the most, then you know, what, what does it, <laughs> can we really be happy if we know that, that there are people that are super struggling and we're not doing something to help? So that's why I felt important to go, it was important to go there. And then last week I was back on my library circuit. I was in the, the, um, the Lexington library, which is the library that's down the street from my job, which was kind of cool because, um, for the past couple of Fridays, I was like leaving my job at two o'clock on Friday and like jumping in my car and racing to wherever mm-hmm. to get there because the I get I get, would get I get to a place at two thirty and I give myself about thirty minutes to set up everything and then um, I'm booked from three to five at most of the places where I where I was going so it was kind of crazy <laughs> for a while but um, 
but it was worth it. It's been more than worth it. And so, yeah, this Friday I'm I'm headed to a library that's in Tyro, um, which is like really close to where I live. Um, and then next week I'll be up in the north of our county, and then we'll end up at on October the fourth, I think, the first Friday in October. We'll be back at my my job, <laughs> which is where I do a lot of weaving. Um, which it was so funny. I posted this in the Rigid Hello group that I weave, um, you know, four to five hours a day. I don't weave as much anymore. I've, I'm homeschooling my little girl, so that takes up a lot of my time. But, um, but they were like, "How can you do that? What does your What does your boss say?" And I'm like, <laughs> "He doesn't say too much." <laughs> anyway, but um, but it's my husband, so he's pretty cool with me, you know, sitting there weaving as long as I take care of the customers. So that works out well. But um, yeah, the response. The response has been, um, it's been great. Yes, it's been really great. Mm-hmm. What's the most surprising thing that's happened so far during this project? Um, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Well, I guess the, the, the biggest thing I can say is that, um, hmm, let me see. Well, let me, let me, let me back up a little bit. Okay. I, I would say that. The, the most surprising thing for me is how open people are to to doing this, where I've gone. Most of the time, even though it has been advertised before, most of the people who walk in, they do not know <laughs> that there's going to be some woman sitting there with, you know, um, some, some looms that they may or may not even know what they are or whatever, sitting in the middle of the library or in the middle of their job or whatnot. And so the fact that so many people are willing to even participate has been, been pretty cool. And then the things that people have written on the cards have been super positive. Um, you know, every place that I've gone has just been so really accommodating. And it's like, it's really, I think that we, those of us in the weaving community, Rigid Hell Weavers or whatnot, I don't think that we realize how how privileged we are to be able to do this craft uh, it's becoming more widespread but um there's so many people have never done this before and so I've had so many people tell me that they're like super relaxed and um you know one lady was interesting one lady said she had seven kids <laughs> at home and this was like the most relaxed that she had been in weeks and I was just like wow oh, I'm so grateful that I could be here <laughs> to give you this little respite from you know that's that's just that's just wild I can't imagine I only have one um but then you know it's just I think that I think that what one of the things that's been like really surprising me is that there are so many people especially guys who are really really open and excited about the opportunity to to weave you know um I feel like it's like they have had this opportunity to try and maybe they had never had done anything like this before and they the people who have sat there the longest except for this one little girl um have been guys and one guy was there for 90 minutes he was about 12 years old his mom was standing there waiting for him to um to be done but she was happy she was just sitting there beaming and he wove for 90 minutes just pretty much just sat there and wove and I don't think he ever would have had the opportunity to do that but he was so happy and it was just like wow and every almost every place I've gone where there's been a mixed group of people 
generally speaking, the guys have just taken the opportunity, and unless somebody else was waiting for the loom, they would just sit there and and weave. And I don't know if maybe we as as women can be self conscious and you know accommodating and wanting to make sure. I'm not trying to be. Um, please don't jump on me. I'm not trying to be mean to guys, but you know I don't know. But it's like they took the opportunity and they ran with it and they enjoyed themselves. And I was happy for them because it was just like. I don't know if, if some of them were getting to do something that maybe they had never done or even thought of doing before, which was pretty cool. So, yeah, I thought that was that was really nice. And um, let me see, let me see. Oh, I was going to say something else. Um, I guess one of the one of the other surprising things is is that we have so many things in common. And the more that I read the cards, the more I could. Um, I could see that. Yes. Yes. So can you say some more about that? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I guess I knew before I started that the differences that divide us are often kind of magnified so much so that, I don't know, in some ways, maybe they overshadow the commonalities that we share. And, you know, per- participating in something that's positive and an activity that helps break the ice and get people talking and sharing, it's, it does something for people. I mean, I feel like sometimes we think of people in light of the worst, (laughs) of what, you know, worst representation of whatever their particular group is, you know, and just fill in whatever blank in your mind you want to say. But it's like we put people in these boxes, and then they don't have the opportunity to get out of their box. And nobody wants to be put in a box, and no one wants to feel like they're permanently stuck in a box. But with this, it's like, we're giving people, you know, the opportunity to try something. And maybe people who would not have always now, granted, I am going to places and, you know, people self-select to go to the places. But a library is a kind of cool place because there are all sorts of people that go to the library for a variety of different re- reasons. And a in some ways, libraries are kind of like community centers, and you get people for a variety of different things. So it was pretty cool to see people come together and also to see the things that they have written down. And I guess I really felt like this was important because I feel like, you know, we need to take – everyone can make themselves a a, 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 a band of one person to – do a do a little bit to take away some of the negativity you know and 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 to encourage opportunities for us to try to see each other because I sometimes I don't think that people are really seeing a person I think we see an idea or we see a position or we see uh something a political party a denomination or whatever you know but we don't see a person and at the core we are all people and we have things in common and if we spend more time trying to find those commonalities i feel like you know we all will be happier <laughs> in our own little ways i won't say this is going to change the world i'm i'm i am i don't know but i know it can change our own individual worlds and hey for some of us that's that's enough that's enough yeah. You you were talking about how one of the goals of this project and one of the reasons that you started it out of the despair that you were feeling was about highlighting the things that we have in common and that tie us and bind us together. And that's kind of been a thread in this conversation. And I'm curious um, what sorts of kinds of things have come up as what those ties are. What are people writing on their cards and how is that common across the many different 
parts and places and kinds of people in your county? You know, um, it's so funny. I knew I was going to be doing this, and I figured you were going to ask that, that question, but somehow I still didn't grab my um, my cards. Nevertheless, I'm going to, my hope is to put these not only together in a way that um, people who live here in Davidson County will be able to see it, but in some way do something to maybe maybe anonymize a little bit so people don't feel a ways, but to put some of these things out somewhere so we can read some of these commonalities. But I'll just touch on the major themes. Everyone loves their children. Everyone is looking to have their children, most people, are looking to have their children live a better life than they live, you know? And so I saw a lot of people writing that they want their their, their children to succeed in school or they want... Um, their children to have a better life or to have a good life or that their community stays safe or whatever you know we all want to better ourselves in one way or the other you know whether that be by starting a small business or furthering our education or you know finding um finding love i mean these are things that are common to all of us you know we we want we want we we want good for our communities and our countries they're they're been a lot of people that you know are hoping for peace and hoping for you know um um that people can come together there have been people that write that on the car that we all can come together and i've found that sentiment in every single place that i've been and so you know they're 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 i would say this is that the, the, the themes that bind us as humans, family, community, our jobs, our education, you know, our, our own personal testimony, those are the themes that were repeated over and over and over on every single card. And even some of the most mundane things, you know, would make me cry happy tears, <laughs> not ugly tears, um, happy tears. I was, I was just reading and just thinking, and some of the people I could remember who they were, and that and what they were doing and if they wove or whatnot and I was just thinking wow you know that's pretty cool or and the other thing is is that some people that you may not think is going to say or write something deep you know maybe they're busy or they're they're, they you know didn't have really time to do anything they were kind of brushing you off but they come came back and wrote something and they write something pretty profound you know and and they took some time and maybe they thought about it and they decided you know I really do want to be a part of this and so I guess the, the the biggest thing that I can say is is that we really do have more things in common than we would realize. And hey, if you want to have fun, you know, do some <laughs> do a Wikipedia search on on um you know my my county, and you'll see that it's pretty diverse. And so that that being the case, I felt that um, it was pretty cool to see that um, in the midst of of everything if we wanted to a lot of people could come together and have some really cool conversations about life Mm -hmm. you sound like you're a really in addition to being a really gifted weaver you're a really gifted facilitator and good at bringing out a sense of peace and comfort and safety in the people who you're working with so that they feel comfortable to share things like this with you And I'm curious if you have advice for people who are inspired by this conversation and want to help, you know, want to bring something similar to their community. Uh, 
How did you learn to be such a gifted teacher and facilitator? And what advice do you have to bring out the best in people when people are do, are doing public art projects? <laughs> wow! Thank you. <laughs> that's that's very sweet of you. Um, I, I, I'll, I I guess okay. So I work with people all day long, and. When I, I paid my three, way through college um, doing door-to-door sales, um, so I don't know if that, that's whatever, but I, um, I, I, I've gotten used to dealing with people, and, so, and I also have gotten used to taking no and understanding that no may mean no, but sometimes it means not right now, or it means show me what else that you have. Um, that's what we were trained to say, show me what else that you have, and I think that sometimes, you know, you have to have a thick skin when you deal with the public. Um, you know, being in a front, uh, a customer f- um, service business, it's you. You have to you have to let some stuff roll off your back. And I guess I've cultivated, or I've tried to cultivate, a, a, an attitude that. I don't uh, let stuff get to me, you know. Um, I try not to let things get to me. I try to think that maybe you didn't really mean it like that or or whatever. I'll give you a good example. Um, it's probably a bad example, but it's a, it's a good example. It's not my best example. But um, today I had a lady call me, and she was a longtime customer, and she was frantic. And, um, and she was calling me because she thought she'd lost all the information on her computer and she had to do payroll and she was just like, you know, can y'all do it today? And if you can't, um, I'm going to have to take it somewhere else. And I was just like, Ms. Blank, you know, we're, we're, we're pretty fast and we generally turn your, turn your things around really fast. You know, I, I tried not to take it personal. And when she came in later on today and I went back and checked my husband, yes, we could get, look at it today. When I came in, she's like, Amy, I'm sorry about, you know, how I was speaking to you. Um, my mother died last week and my brother Mm. died, you know, on Sunday and everything's piling up on me and I just feel overwhelmed. I'm, I'm really sorry. And I said, you know, it's okay. I'm, I'm really sorry that that's happening to you. Just give me the, you know, give me the computer. Let's get this checked in and, you know, let's, let's get you back going. And, I'll be honest, <laughs> I was having a day, my, I, some things were happening, and I felt actually that maybe I wasn't as, as, as kind as I could have been, but I was trying, and I think the trying came through, and she, she apologized because I didn't snap back at her and tell her, you know, um, well, hey, listen, if you don't trust us, you can take your things somewhere else, I mean, we've done, we've been over back for, with, for you before, no, it's like, okay, this lady's in some type of crisis, let me t- step back. And understand that maybe I don't have the whole picture. And I guess what that has to do with, you know, facilitating things like this, if you're going to be doing this and you, the first thing I would say, um, I'm sorry, this is so long, but the first thing that I would say is don't, if you're going to do something like this, I would probably take a little bit of a break from the news or, you know, um, deeply imbibing, you know, whatever it is. And I'm not, I'm, I'm, 
it doesn't matter what type of news you listen to because I would say just just take a break from the news for a minute if you're going to go out and deal with the general public. And I would encourage you to actually, if you want to do this, you know, I would encourage you to go to the places that you don't really want to go, which would probably require you to not listen to the news because if you listen to the news too much, then you're not going to want to go to the places that will make the most difference. And for me, that was important to me that there were some places that I didn't totally feel comfortable, but I wanted to be able to go there because it didn't make sense if I'm going to talk to people who already believe like I do. I want to talk to people who don't believe like I do. I want to talk to people who may not want to talk to me, people who under other circumstances may not be willing to help me out. That's where I want to go. And so in order for me to go there, I have to be at peace in my own mind, and I have to be thinking good thoughts about everyone. So I would I would encourage you that if you if you want to do something like that, and you and start off safe at first, you know. Um, but you know, if you do really want to do what I'm, I'm I'm encouraging everyone to do, which is really reach across and make connections and help people to change their paradigms about the world and about each other, that kind of requires us going to places that make us uncomfortable. And we have to step back and realize that, like I said earlier, everybody isn't the worst that we think or that's represented of their particular group. They may be shades or they may not be at all. They may be guilty by association, but you have to kind of cleanse your palate in order to be able to get the best experience. So that's number one. Um, But on the technical side, I would say that do what's comfortable to you. You know, I've had several people, like every week, I have someone either DM me or um, post on my social media. So is somebody sponsoring you or <laughs> where are you getting the money to do this? And um, I'm going to, you know, um, I actually pay for my stuff. You know, I'm not being sponsored by anyone. I'm, I'm, I'm blessed. My husband and I, we are 100% debt free and um, we, we budget and so weaving is super important to me. And so I have a budget for weaving. <laughs> and, and so, I mean, yeah, I, I, I know I'm blessed. But um, that's where I'm getting the money from. And so I don't want people to think that you have to go and get somebody to sponsor you. I mean, hey, if you can, great. But you don't have to do that. If I was in a different situation and I only had one loom, as strongly as I felt, I probably would have just done it with my one loom or I would have figured out a different way to do it. But I don't want anybody to go into debt or, you know, to put anything on cars to think, oh, you need to have three looms or whatever. You don't. You just do what's comfortable for you. If you live close enough to a guild, maybe you can borrow some looms if you want to have more. And on that note, I would say it's important to get a friend to come with you because it's like... Sometimes it's good try to get a like-minded friend, someone else who's in the same vein. There's a lady who's been coming with me. Her name is Wendy Haynes. She's a realtor, and she called me when my article came out in the paper about what I was doing. And she's like, "Amy, can I bring some cookies?" I'm like, "Miss Wendy, I don't know if I don't know if the libraries are going to want cookies, but hey, if you can come, that'd be helpful." And this lady, this angel, has come with me every single place save one because her husband had to go to have a procedure done but after that that week she was gone the next week she was she was right back with me and she has the same spirit of just wanting to is she's such an inviting such a really loving she will not let me take her picture (laughs) but I hope she'll let me you know give her her cred give her props because she was awesome you want someone else some like-minded person who just really exudes that 
caring spirit to be with you because you feed off of each other and you can help the people who are around you feel that. And then on the, on the super technical side, I would say this is not a class. This is an experience. We want to give people a good experience, the opportunity to try something. And through the trying of this experience or through the experience of trying weaving in whatever way is comfortable for you and works within your budget, um, giving them the opportunity to talk and to share and to let down their guard so that they can have these experiences. So I would say, you know, um, check out stuff about freestyle weaving. I cut random pieces of yarn in a color scheme and tie them in knots and weave my shuttles with that so that people get the feeling of, you know, having their color change or whatnot. I, people don't particularly like the color change yarn. They actually like the random yarn with thick and thin and whatever. So it's really simple. I, 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 I wind up a bunch of shuttles and I have about a half a dozen shuttles with me and um, I have balls of yarn that are excuse me as random as my shuttles and I rewind my shuttles as I run out of yarn and so I teach people how to operate the loom that is how to get it in the upshed the downshed how to do the weaver's angle so that my my edges are relatively neat but after that I leave them be and let them do their thing uh, I have people do craziness <laughs> accidentally, and, um, you know, at first it was kind of, you know, making me twitch a little bit, even though I am a freestyle weaver, some stuff was just like, wow, okay, that's cool, um, and then I just had to, it hel- it took me to my another level of being okay with whatever, because, um, yeah, it was, some stuff was just like, I, I was just like, huh, okay, but we have to be okay with that, because we want people to participate, and so you're, Everything is good, unless they you know, unless they do something like crazy that could possibly break your loom. Then just be okay with it. It's not it's not no no big deal. And most of the people are super super careful, and they don't want to break your loom, um, and so they're going to be super careful and almost afraid that they're going to mess something up. So you want to make them feel at ease so that they can enjoy the experience. Because as they enjoy the experience, that's when they're going to start talking to you, asking you about how you got into it, asking you more about yourself, and that's when you get to talk on a human level and as people, not as whoever you may think that the other person might be. And that's when, you know, that's when the magic happens. So I hope that made sense. <laughs> I hope that yes. made sense. Yes, it did. And it, I'm sure it will be really helpful to people. Where can people go online and on social media to learn more about you and about your work? I am always... Um, uh, moving around. So I have just set up a website. It is a hub, kind of like links, linksy, but it doesn't, it's my own. Um, it's Amy D. McKnight, my name, dot com. And there you'll find a list of my social media um, places where I am. If you, um, but generally speaking, I am Amy D. McKnight on Instagram and YouTube, and I post relatively regularly on both of those places. But um, to find out what I'm doing, in the moment, just go to amydmcknight.com and you'll find my links right there. That's wonderful. And you already shared so much great advice, but do you have any other advice or words of wisdom you would share with weavers out in the world listening to this podcast? I would say this, that even if you don't do this, go um, go share your weaving with someone. I, I had made a note to myself and I just want to share this there was one little girl and you'll see her on my Instagram she's actually the front 
page of a series of pictures on my Instagram. She was eight years old. And she was at Davidson County Community Action. And it was, that was her only time actually being there. She just happened to be there the day that I came with my looms. And Sarah, she was like, she was, she, was, she was doing her thing on her mom's phone, whatever. And she didn't seem too interested. But when I went and asked her if she wanted to try weaving, she's like, sure. And the loom that she was using was a little bit too big for her, um, but she, she made it work. And she sat there. Um, like I said, aside from the guy, she wove the longest. She sat there for about 45 minutes until her mom was ready to go. She was done with her work, and we could al- it, you could almost she didn't want to leave. And I knew that I was there for her because she was just, like, so enthralled with it. I guess what I want to say to weavers is is that there's a lot of things about weaving, the technicality of the initial setup of the loom, the um, you know the cost of entry to the field, you know, or to the craft, that make it beyond the reach of a lot of people. And so, if you have a loom, then you're you're kind of blessed. You're in a, a special category of crafters, and if you know how to use it, doubly so. And so, I would just encourage you. You know, you don't have to do this, but um reach out to some some young people in your community you know with their parents you know permission of course or your church or whatever or a young person's group and just bring your loom there you don't need a bunch of looms just to do that and let them try because there are many people who will never have an opportunity to try this for a many a lot of reasons but if we share it if all of us share there's one rigid hell group that I'm a part of. There are 15,000 people in that group. And if we all just shared it with one person a year, I mean, just one person, you don't have to, you know, do it every month, just one person. I mean, we could double or triple the amount of rigid heddle weavers or floor loom weavers or tapestry weavers, whatever you do. And we could get more people into this beautiful craft. And so I would say, you know, don't count yourself out if you can't go traveling around with looms like I'm doing. You can do your part because you have a loom. And I promise you, there are a ton of people in very close proximity to you that do not. And they would be so appreciative if you just shared what you know. Amy, thank you so much for taking the time to come back on the podcast and to share your stories and your encouragement. I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you, Sarah. I really did, too. You have a good rest of your evening. You, too. That's a wrap. If you're interested in finding out more about Amy's project, you can find links to her website in the show notes at www.gistyarn.com slash episode 85. Next week on the podcast, I'm speaking with Yuka Bullard of Seed in Hand. Yuka is a Japan-born cotton spinner and weaver of naturally colored cotton as well as other natural materials that she both grows and sources. So stay tuned next week for that episode. And until next time, happy weaving.